0: Twins Matt and Phil Ike share more than the same face. Each demonstrates passionate creativity and thoughtfulness for his craft. Matt builds guitars by hand. Phil runs a marketing business that includes the creation of videos and photographs to help not-for-profits, businesses, and cities. Today's conversation between the brothers covers the cultivation of creativity through the lows and the high points. Let's go have a listen. Show and uh, today uh, Matt uh, makes guitars and Phil runs a social media content kind of company. Why don't Why don't we just start by uh, each of you explaining in your own words uh, what you do? Matt,
1: uh, I'm Matt and uh, I own Mule Resophonic Guitars. Here in Saginaw, we build steel-bodied resonator guitars. A so resonator is a uh, guitar is a steel-bodied instrument that has a kind of like speaker cone-looking thing in the middle that makes them obnoxiously loud. And, uh, yeah, it's me and uh, four other guys. And uh, Phil here worked with me for three years and uh, took all our trade secrets away and started. (laughs) Hi, I'm Phil, and I run Full Steam Social Media. And I uh, run social media marketing... For businesses, nonprofits and cities, and so basically what I do is I go in uh, once or twice a month to uh, a location and then I'll take pictures, video, do interviews, uh, find out information, and then I'll take that uh, and then use those assets to
0: create social media posts awesome so. Uh I want to talk a little bit about sort of the, the concept of, of talent and practice and um, cultivating skill. Uh, both of you, uh, for those who can't see because it is a podcast, you're, you're twins, you're brothers, uh, but you also have this uh, real creative tendency uh, on both on both sides of uh, what you do. Um, so I'm a little curious what your each of your thoughts are about um, sort of the nature of how much creativity is um, talent, and how much creativity is is something that's that's more uh, nurtured?
1: Interesting. Um. I w- so Matt and I both grew up uh, learning musical instruments, and so he started off on the violin, and I started off uh, on the piano. And I think I think something that. That experience taught me was that, yes, you. I think everybody's kind of given inherent gifts, so some people can do some things better than others inherently, but um, I, I also think that a majority of that talent expressing itself in the world comes through practice and hard work. And so sitting down at a piano for three hours a day going through the same piece perfecting every note really to the outside world looks like talent when really it's three hours every day the same piece the same notes over and over and over again yeah i think the i think the creativity thing like phil said is inherent like it's maybe like i I would say creativity is a spark of things like Someone who has something that they want to do, and I, th- for me, I guess I'm probably a little bit more blue collar. The way that I think about that sort of stuff is like everyone's creative because everyone kind of has something that they want to do. But the art of it is in the, the, the practice and the doing stuff. You know, creativity without the doing stuff, without the practice and the failure and the suffering, is just kind of whatever you want to do and the real art and talent maybe is in the how do you get from that creative spark to making something worthwhile and that's that in-between part that's i think that's where all like the hard questions are answered (laughs) and the hard work is done and that's where all like the fun stuff happens so yeah i think the creativity is a spark and then everything and then what (laughs) you know like that's that's 95 percent of it when like, I talk to people about my photography work. The thing that I always tell them is uh, if you take enough pictures, sooner or later you'll take a good one. And it just, like, you, you need a, a giant body of work and practice and experience and skill. And you're going to kind of stumble upon something good And then when you stumble upon that good thing, then you kind of follow that good thing. And out of 10,000 pictures, you might take two good ones. And then over time, it might be three good ones, and then four good ones, and then eventually that talent and that creativity meet. Yeah, I think we're uh, human beings, we're such bad estimators of everything. Like, Mm -hmm. like like, oh yeah, this will take an hour, or yeah, I can get it done by tomorrow. And it almost never happens that way. And I think when it comes to like creative work, we vastly underestimate the amount of work that it takes to be proficient at it. Like, okay, if we make one of these a day or if we practice an hour a day, we're gonna be good. And it's absolutely not true. Like people ask me like, how many guitars did I make before I liked them? And I didn't really like any resonator guitar up until like number a hundred. And I had worked full time for a few years, carved a thousand necks beforehand. And then I just sort of started thinking they were okay,
0: <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> like I felt not ashamed to be taking money for them.
0: <laughs> so, you, you mentioned a little bit of that sort of in between time where where this practice is happening. Have either of you or both of you sort of developed um, uh, some some practices that have helped uh, organize the practice itself, uh, or or elements of discipline that have, uh, allowed you to sort of persist in your, in your craft?
1: Um, for, for me, I think, I think it starts with the, the mindset going into it. So I approach the creative work that I do as a skill. And so I think a lot of times creative people want to wait for inspiration and they want, uh, to feel passion for a project and things like that. But like Matt and I are, are both in the situation where our creative work is also a business. And so that creates a whole new set of rules. And so for me, the practice begins with kind of divorcing yourself from the idea that you have to be inspired before you do something. And so it's it's, yes, my work is important to me and I'm a part of my work, but I try not to take it too personally, and so it's when I grab my camera um, or I'm about to do a video. It's it's about the craft. It's about uh, the the story that I'm trying to tell, and then going from there with practice, rather than you know sitting in my office waiting waiting for my passion to move me into you know grabbing the camera and going out and taking pictures. It's grab the camera and take some pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. that kind of sounds like a quote I heard once was, you are what you do when you don't want to do it. Like, when it comes to creative work as a profession, that's like the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, there's, it's just such a complex problem. If you're waiting around to feel like you want to do something, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. Yeah. James, James Clear just wrote a book called Atomic Habits. And uh there's a line in there that says like you are the product of your habits and it's it every little thing that you do just just because it's always what you've done like that's you that's you as a person that's you as a professional and so it's for me thinking about practice and and getting better at a craft it's about a habit um how can i how can i make it so that um the work that I'm doing is incrementally better, either because of process or because of product, um, and kind of thinking about that. Yeah, I think the increments, that's kind of my my strategy, is like, you, because we're notoriously bad estimators, you have to break it into smaller chunks than you think you have to. You know, mm-hmm. like the same thing with the cameras or whatever. It's like, I want to take a great photo. Well, if you don't do, if you don't spend a half a day breaking it into the smallest step possible you're going to miss stuff you're not going to do it you know it has to be like okay i want to make a guitar what are the parts of a guitar <laughs> you know if i want to learn how to weld it's what do what do i need to learn about a torch you know not i need to mm-hmm. learn how to weld it's how to, how do you discern what the parts are to make it achievable
0: so um, both of you have have uh, achieved degrees of success.
1: Uh, small degrees. Small, <laughs> small <laughs> degrees of success. Yeah. Success. Yeah. success. Yeah. But but uh,
0: I also understand that, that that sort of oftentimes comes on the heels of failure. Of heartbreak. A heartbreak. <laughs> yes. Um, so maybe uh, if you could comment on. Um, some Some failures what what you might have learned from them and uh how how you sort of uh, moved moved through that as well as sort of the nature of uh success and um how you how you respond respond to that yeah, that's a meaty yeah
1: that's a meaty question you know the thing that comes to mind like when I think about failures especially was in the beginning of trying to figure out how to make resonator guitars when I didn't know anything about uh, metalwork or um you know i didn't I didn't know what the inside of resonators really even looked like, you know, and it was like, okay, now what and so I, it was just constant mistakes. It was just constant failure. there was no light at the end of the tunnel at all and there was two things that I learned from that experience was was the first was limit your options when it comes to creative work suddenly all the options are out there and you could do all the things and I could make all these types of guitars and now you have this idea and this idea and um, what happens is that your finite resources get spread out, you know, like you're dedicating certain amount of energy here and a certain amount of energy here and a certain amount of energy here. And when it ends up happening is you don't solve any problems. So limiting your options was a big thing. What you say no to is just as important as what you say yes to. And then the other part was just turn your brain off and run. If you think that there's four different tools that might, get you to where you go, you need to buy all four tools and just try them and get it on your desk. I I don't know if we can curse here, but I had the greatest advice I got from a guitar maker friend of mine was, I was pouring over a jig and maybe I could do this and maybe I could do this. And John Kalkin, stodgy old man, roofer, was just like, just effing build it, you know? And it was like the light bulb turned on. It's like, I can talk about it, about a bunch of stuff I don't know to someone who has no idea what I'm talking about, the only thing that matters if it, if it works. Just buy the tool, take the picture, use the machine, you'll know, then you can put it away or it'll be usable. You just can't stay in your head and pour over all the options. Yeah, something that when I was working from Matt at Mule that we used to say all the time was it, it's a it's a process of relentless forward stumbling. Like you know, you know that you're gonna fail, and that there's gonna be a lot of problems. So as long as you're failing forward, like that's the key. Um, we we spend a lot of time, I think, in failure avoidance, especially because it's creative work. Like my my art is a projection of myself in the world, yeah. and if people reject my art, then they also <laughs> reject yeah, then they also <laughs> reject me, and. Like, like people are gonna reject what you do. They're not gonna like it. They're not gonna buy your stuff. But that doesn't mean stop doing what you're doing. Um, my kind of my process of failure was, uh, I w- I would change I would change direction too soon. So like I started I taught uh, elementary school for six years, and then I came and worked for Matt. And during that time, I was also coaching at a gym and I wanted to be a leather worker. I want to make things out of leather and I wanted to do all these these other things. And and I would I would get things up and going, but I would change direction too soon. It would you know, I, w- I wasn't getting clients or I wasn't selling things. Um, but kind of what I've learned is that you need. You need a length of time of work and an amount of work that's building up without you knowing it. So you you know you're you're sitting you're sitting in your studio and and you're working hard and to you and your perception it looks like nothing's happening, but meanwhile. Like people are starting to hear about you and your craft is getting better and uh, you're, you're building connections. And then you reach this point finally of critical mass where you have enough work and enough people know about what you're doing that all of a sudden you have a breakthrough into the next step. And then that process starts again. It's like, well, you, know, you, you worked for years and years and now you sold your first painting. Cool, now you have to work again. And so I think for me and my experience, it's e- even though it seems like you're failing and you're working hard for nothing, you're not. And so just to stick with it for a long enough time that that work can bear fruit in the yeah. world is, is very important. Yeah. And that's, and that's an important thing when you're dealing with a finite resource of being, a small business owner, you need to dedicate 100% of your energy to solving a problem. Mm -hmm. One problem, today's problem, right now, and if you're diffusing that because you haven't limited your options, you're not solving problems... And you're also not able to scale, and that's the most important part with the small business thing, is if I make 12 guitars a year because I'm chasing a bunch of problems, I'm never going to get anywhere. How do I make 150 guitars in a year? Now I'm getting someplace. And, and limiting your options and committing to the one course of action at a time is how you, how you limit, limit those options and
0: scale. So. Yeah. Um, so in terms of... Uh, sort of sustaining an idea and keeping it going, um, you know, always always, sort of looking at what's next, sort of talking a little bit about scaling or, or, or staying on task. Um, what do each of you sort of see as your next creative um, pursuit or next step in, in how you're um, uh, approaching uh, the creative process?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, for for us at Mule, um, it's the website. We kind of redid the website this year to make it more like a social media platform for resonator guitar players, where where guys can have accounts and upload videos and pictures and um, interact with each other, and that's that's kind of a cool new like creative shift because we want we want the main. Um, the main emphasis about these guitars are the people who play them not the gear stuff like it's not me talking about what type of wood and dimensions and using a bunch of numbers it's Eric Freeman playing some crazy song on his resonator guitar people seeing that getting inspired, interacting making that community that way and putting it on our website is what we're trying to do is kind of take the power back as opposed to being part of a hamster wheel of what social media platform is most effective and them buying information you know or selling our information. It's a tool social media is a tool that you can use um, effectively but we want to have that to ourselves as well you know so if you can use if you can use social media to leverage t- to the like an asset to build something, that's what you need. You need people in the door saying, like, oh hey, I want to be here. This is how I got here. You know, it's it's translating that. So. Well, speaking of social media. I, I was wondering <laughs> if there was somebody in the room that might have an opinion about that. Um I uh for for me, uh full steam. My, my stance is that um, social media, especially when it comes to businesses, nonprofits and cities, that it's, it's all about people. And so my work is, is trying to bring humanity back into marketing. And so my work is very people focused. It's, it's about, you know, storytelling is kind of an ambiguous term, but it's about story. And so for me, I think the next step for full steam is to look at um, cities and how cities can use uh, storytelling and focusing on people and the work that their people are doing to, to build community, to connect people to the positive things that are happening in their area um there there seems to be this kind of vacuum where you know here here we are in Saginaw. it' Saginaw is pretty big. There's a lot of awesome things happening in Saginaw, but there there isn't a concerted effort to localize all those positive things into one area and then build community. So I think there's an intersection between, uh, municipalities creative work and social media that could end up being very beautiful for everybody yeah and that's and that's why phil does uh, our social media too is because and that's what i mean by using it effectively Mm -hmm. typically if you the people the way people use social media is hey everyone look at my stuff hey everybody i'm here hey 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 and they miss the, like Phil said, the people aspect of it, and to, what are you trying to do with it? Mm -hmm. You know, Phil, with our social media, is trying to gather people with stories around this common denominator of the guitars, same thing with cities and stuff, but for most people, it's that's the end game, mm-hmm. how to get more followers and likes. We don't do that like consciously usually, but subconsciously we don't have an end goal is what's the bigger picture here? Well, yeah. if I tell a story about what I'm talking about, people connect with it. Bingo. That's the connection that it's actual connection that you yeah. need. I tell, I tell clients and potential clients that what I do is called brand journalism. And so it's we're using right. social media as a vehicle for for looking at how a business uh, interacts with the world, yeah. or how a not the work that a nonprofit does for its community. And so it's social media can be very superficial. Or you can really dig into the people that you're helping and the people that are being affected by your work, and then tell those stories. And that's how you can connect with people.
0: Um, yeah, that's it's pretty fascinating. Um, just to sort of hear that that perspective and sort of leverage it as as a tool rather than. Um, and give it gives them some structure
1: yeah because it's because it's such a beautiful platform Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it's and it's and it can be such a powerful vehicle uh it, it it gets a bad rap because it yeah it can be very superficial because superficial is quick but if you're willing to really dig in and do the work you know that's that's why people are on social media is because they want to tell their story. They want to hear other people's stories. They want those stories to interact with each other. And I just think if, if you look at the, the possibilities of a platform like that and you follow something that can be powerful, I mean, it's only going to pay off in huge returns later.
0: I I think, uh, you know, from what, what you're describing and, um, it's sort of interesting to think of um, the content cre- that you're creating as one part of the creative process, but also sort of the, the planning and the distribution and um, uh, the presentation is another, another part of the creative process. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I, w- when I run, run into people doing creative work, and they're they're struggling marketing themselves as a business, you know, like somebody's a photographer, and they're like, well, I want to take I want to take pictures for a living, and so they're gonna start their own business, and they struggle because they don't realize that being a photographer and being a business person are completely different skill sets. There's a there's a book called the E Myth, and the E Myth is bas- basically. If, if you like something or you're good at something, you can make a business doing it. And that's not true. Um, they're completely different skills. And so I think if, if you're creating work, you're, at, you're already one step ahead of people because you have your art to sell or you're, you've, you've created art that you can use as content for marketing you can use your pictures you can use things like that but then implementing them in a way that you can show those things to the world that's that's a different skill entirely
0: um, maybe just uh, wrapping things up a little bit uh, like sort of you to think about um, an instance or, or, or story where uh, you used a creative thought process uh, to um, solve the problem or, uh, you know, how, how your mindset of um, resilience and perseverance sort of really paid off.
1: Um, um, I, you know, anytime, anytime we develop a new instrument here, it takes a lot of, like, measuring and trying and learning new skills to do it and um, I think that goes with what we talked about initially, is there's a creative spark, and that's what it is, is a spark. (laughs) And then you gotta fan the flames, and you know, like with the mule casters, I mean, the, the electric steel bodies that we make. Now, I mean, I probably threw away like five whole guitars, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's a creative spark followed by, are you willing to commit and take your punches, you know, and learn and, you know, go through that process of self-confrontation of your ideas? And out the other side, like, I mean, like now, those electric guitars, like, brought a ton of energy, you know, like the type of players, Ariel and Joey Landreth, those guys. Like, they're just wicked players, and they have this tool that makes them say, like, what is this sound, you know? And it inspires songs and inspires other people that hear it, and they go, what is this sound? Well, if you're not able to have the creative spark and then take the lumps afterwards, now there's musicians in the world who wouldn't have a tool, you know, like, what songs wouldn't be written, you know? And so I think that's really important is... Use the a, use a creative spark. Know that you gotta commit and take your lumps. And at the other end of it, it's it's this amazing, satisfying thing. But you can't you can't shortchange yourself on any step of the way. <laughs> There's no shortcut, and you can't avoid the reality of it. And that's totally cool and fine. Address it, move on. You know. So it's creativity plus reality. You know, equals awesome. Awesome. Um, f- so when I started full steam, I wanted to just take pictures and do videos. And so one of my first clients was down in Detroit and he was a mas- machine shop and I would go down there, um, every month and I would take pictures and I'd put them in a, fi- a folder and then I would send it, send it to him and say, here you go. Here's a hundred pictures that you can use for your social media. And so, like, three months went by, and I was following him, and I never once saw one of my pictures. Never. And so I kind of awkwardly picked up the phone, and I called him, and I said, hey, hey, you know, look, look, I'm just just calling to see if you like my work. You know, I haven't seen any of the pictures. Come up on your social feeds. And he's like, oh, man, I love the work. I love, I love the pictures, but I didn't have time to post one picture a week before you, and now I have like 300 pictures. And that, that clicked for me was I was doing good work, but I needed like one other piece to, to close the loop and make it all work together. And that piece for me was taking the pictures and the video and then also posting it to social media for that business or for that nonprofit and that's when the momentum started that's when things took off that's when full steam really became a thing because i was doing s- creative work but that was something that was also helping people in a way they needed to be helped and yeah you y- solved the problem yeah i saw so- i solved the problem because there are so many photographers and there's so many videographers that are considerably better than I am at what I do. The uh, the twist for me is, but I also help a business owner and how they need to be helped. And so, so I think, you know, kind of following that in a more general way is, you know, like, find, like, find your thing, and work really, really hard at that thing. But then also think about well, what it what what is the twist that you bring to the world? You know, what is the thing that you do differently than other people? Um, you know, depending on the field, what is the problem that you solve or how can you help people in a broader way um, other than just, I don't wanna say other than just art, but you know, what what is the thing that you as an individual bring to the table? Chances are that that's the, the path you should follow you know that's kind of the hint or the clue as to the way forward that'll give you the momentum to really see the change that you want to see
0: well i want to thank you both uh for joining me here and uh, i wish you all the best of success and uh, all the lessons from failure. More right? success. More, su- more, su- more, from success. <laughs> yeah, Thor- right.
1: Thoroughly is you know, so strong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Well, you know, I mean, isn't that not that how what we just talked about? <laughs> you know, I appreciate right? it. You know. But um, I I appreciate you, you know, taking yeah, time so much and um, much. we'll look forward to following along. Thank you. Let's drink more coffee.